This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. We're jumping straight into uh, the continuation of our series, Reading Mark, Meeting Jesus. And uh, this is all about the fact that the more you know about Jesus, it's just, he's wonderful. He's amazing. So I'm not sure what you came for this morning, but I want you to know that you can connect with Jesus this morning. And Jesus can meet whatever the need is that you represent. Now this morning, for some, I, I just, you just as a sense that, you know, carrying things that are a bit heavy, a bit difficult, but God wants to meet you at the point that you need right now and help you with that. Now, so we're going to jump into Mark chapter 9, and just to give you a bit of context, at the beginning of this chapter is the story of when Jesus went with Peter, James, and John to the top of a mountain. And that's called, in the Bible, it's called a transfiguration. Not a lot of time to explain that. But at that moment, Jesus was endorsed by his Father once, once again. He said, this is my dearly loved Son. So there's no question, as we heard last week, who is Jesus to us, when Pete was uh, bringing that to us. There's no question that God the Father recognized Jesus as his son, as one of the Godhead, a part of what we call the Trinity. Jesus is God the Son. And so that, he was endorsed. So Peter, James, and John, and Jesus came down from the mountain, and they walked into a situation which was, which was chaotic, and they, from encountering holiness and glory and wonder and all of that, from encountering that, they came straight face to face with evil. So the contrast is massive. So understand where Jesus is coming from and what he encounters and then see what he turns around. It's quite an extraordinary story that we'll explain as we, as we go along. But what I want you to get hold of this morning is... Whatever it is that you need, God will get that to you. However great the need, however you've been disappointed by other people perhaps not being able to fulfill that need, whatever you need, God will get that to you. And we're going to see that this, this is a good illustration of that. So we're going to read this extraordinary story in Mark chapter 9, kicking off at verse 14. I'm going to read through the whole story. I want you to kind of tune in. Don't make any assumptions. Listen. Let's receive. And then we'll all learn this morning, I'm sure. When they came to the other disciples, so that's Jesus, Peter, James, and John, they saw a large crowd around them, and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. This morning... Are you overwhelmed with wonder of our God, Jesus? Did you run to greet him this morning? Did you, did, could you like, I couldn't wait to get to church this morning. I had to be with God's people and in God's presence. Yeah, yeah. some of us. But even if you were dragged here or had to drag yourself here, well done. Because you have positioned yourself for God to speak to you. You have positioned yourself for God to meet your need. You have positioned yourself for to receive something from God this morning. So they were overwhelmed with wonder. It's great to have wonder. I mean, if you've been a Christian a lot of years, don't lose the wonder. Keep the wonder. I mean, seriously. They were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing about, he asked. 
A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought my son who was possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of his speech. Whenever it seizes him, he throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stand with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered, it has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. Desperate, desperate situation. The man says, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If I can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father explained, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. I love, that's, that's just a great thing. It means so much to me. And, and it's so encouraging, actually. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead. But, 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 listen to this. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this kind can only come out by prayer. Some translations say by prayer and fasting. So here is an extraordinary story of a man with a great need, a boy with a great need, and a family who had their lives dominated by the problem they had with their son. It was a desperately sad situation. He, this boy was possessed by an evil spirit, by evil. Now, it wasn't just a clinical or medical condition, clearly, because the Bible clearly says what it was. So we're not going to dismiss it or, well, you know, they didn't understand in those days. No, this is what the Bible says. So his boy was possessed by evil. It, it had robbed him of his ability to speak, and it had robbed him of his ability to control his actions. How horrendous that is. In fact, it consistently tried to kill him. It says there in verse 22, it has often, often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. And you know, sometimes in a desperate situation, we feel like we've lost our voice. Or in a bad situation, we feel like we've lost control of our lives because they've been dominated by some situation or dominated by some habit that we've no control over. And we are robbed of our speech, of our ability to, to, uh, to, to control our own actions and even to control our destiny. And we can be in situations like that in our lives. Well, I'm just, I'm, I'm bound, I'm, 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 I'm controlled, I'm, I'm not free to live the life that I want to live for Jesus. I'm bound, I'm controlled. Let me tell you this morning, loud and clear, this morning, Jesus is here to set you free. Absolutely no question about it. He can set you free. He can meet that need. He can change that circumstance that it's always been like that. Because Jesus asked, how long has this boy been like this? And he said, since he was very young. So all of his life, this was his, his story. Terrible situation. So they came, the, the, the man came 
to the disciples looking for help. Don't forget Jesus, Peter, James, and John, they're up the mountain. Uh, the disciples that were left were there, but they let him down. They were not able to heal the boy, not able to heal the boy. So what went wrong? The man said, I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. It appears that the disciples made a half-hearted attempt to deal with this problem. It appears that they couldn't sort it out. But rather than judge them this morning, because it's always easy to judge other people in hindsight after the event, isn't it? Rather than do that, let's see how we can learn from what happened in this situation with the disciples. Why was it? Was it that they did not pray or that they didn't pray enough? Was it that they just didn't bother to pray or they kind of would say like a a half-hearted prayer? How can you measure how much prayer you have to do to get a circumstance changed around? Let me be clear. I don't believe that in heaven God has... God has scales. On one side is your problem, and on the other side is your prayers. And when you pray enough prayers, that happens. It suddenly tips. God doesn't work like that at all. He's not sort of leaving the initiative with us to say, if you're not praying enough, it's not going to happen. Because God's gracious. We don't get what we deserve. God blesses us with things that we could never deserve, dream, or ever earn. So it's not like that. Let's not think, I've not prayed enough, I've not prayed hard enough. But it is true that if we really desperately want something, we will focus on that. If you have a big problem in your life right now, you probably don't need anyone to remind you to pray about it. Because it's so immediate, it's such a big problem you're there. You probably are looking for other people to pray with you, to encourage you, to help you in prayer. So that's not what this story is all about. But Jesus specifically said, this kind can come out only by prayer. He meant concerted, dedicated prayer. I think he meant... What we're talking about here, if we are committed to God and wanting to serve God and wanting to see other people helped and released and blessed and we want to minister to other people, we've got to be uh, devoted to that. We've got, we've got to be uh, concerted in our, in our effort to that. It's not something that we can play about. To put it in another way, it needs to be focused spiritual effort. In James 5 verse 16, it's a very famous verse that many of you will know. And in this verse, it says, The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Just think about that scripture. We'll leave it up there for a moment. Just think about that. The promise that an earnest prayer, a a prayer, a fervent prayer, a genuine prayer, a prayer that's really sincere of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Can you think in your experience when you've prayed and that has produced wonderful results? Because if you have that experience, you can draw from that experience to give you faith and confidence for the future to say, God, you can do that again. Or if you have not yet had that experience, let me tell you, if you pray earnestly and fervently, then God will answer. But you know, there's something there as well about being righteous. It's about living right. And if we live right before God, then our prayers are answered. You know, we can't mess about and expect God to sort it all out. And, and we've all messed about. We've all made mistakes. The, the perfect person who's never made a mistake isn't in this room right now. Sorry if you feel that you are. But it's not, it's not the case. We have. But when we, 
we were, we were right before God and we pray earnestly. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Message Bible. J.B. Phillips' translation, tremendous power is made available through a good man's earnest prayer. Think about that, tremendous power. When we pray, things change in heaven and on earth. Think about that, little person in Lancashire. When you pray, things change. When you pray, incredible, awesome power is unleashed to change situations. When a believing person prays, great things happen. I absolutely, I'm absolutely convinced of that. So prayer needs to be a key and an integral part of our walk with God. It's a lifestyle of prayer. It's not just a time of prayer. And you know, it talks, and some translations talks about prayer and fasting. And fasting is going without food and then using that time that you would consume or prepare food to pray. That's what it's that's what it's about. And there are times in your life when you're focused on something. God, I need a breakthrough with this. God, I need an answer in this situation. And in those situations, often, you know, the earnest prayer can see a breakthrough. And we just stick with it and we see God come through. It's focused spiritual effort. It appears that the disciples did not take this as seriously as they ought to do. But rather than judge them, I'm trying to learn that when I pray, I've got to be focused. I've got to be sincere. I've got to live well. I've got to be righteous so that God can hear and answer the prayers that I take, that I give to him. It takes a prayer of faith. And you know, Jesus appeared to be frustrated with his disciples, the religious leaders, and the crowd because he calls them, you unbelieving generation. You know, Jesus is really nice. What Bible are you reading? Because he absolutely told them, this is how it is, boys. You're an unbelieving generation. I'm, I'm, you know, how long have I got to put up with this? Can you not get it? Do you not understand who I am and what I've come, come to do? And he's, he, he just kind of, he's, he, seemed, he appears to be exasperated, in fact, a bit frustrated. But what I've noticed in this, even though the followers of Jesus, his disciples, let the man down, Jesus didn't let him down. Because they couldn't heal him, the healing still got to his son. Because Jesus came along and touched the boy and released him and set him free. So sometimes it feels like people let us down, but Jesus never does. He will always get through to us with what we need. Jesus will never, ever let us down. And I love that because all of us will inevitably make mistakes, will inevitably fail. But you know, our faith was never supposed to rest on followers of Jesus, his disciples, on leaders, on, on, on life group leaders, on, 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 on youth leaders, on, on, on Christian friends, on family. Our faith was never rent, meant to rest on that because those people are imperfect. Most of the people in this church are great, wonderful people, and they're an encouragement and a blessing. One or two of them are grumpy. Sometimes that's me. But We're looking to Jesus because he is the one that meets the need. And Jesus pushed through the man's disappointment, pushed past the mistakes and the failure of his followers and came through and blessed this boy and absolutely healed him. God will get you what you need. He won't let anyone or anything stand in the way 
of what you need. And let me tell you, if you've been disappointed by other Christians, don't be disappointed in Jesus. And if you've been disappointed by other Christians, it's time to go to maturity and understand that they're, they're not perfect any more than you are. And so we, 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 we help each other out and we, you know, we're not going to get offended. We're not going to allow that to, to, to stumble and stop us making progress. And as we grow to maturity, we understand we all make mistakes, but Jesus never, ever lets us down. Followers of Jesus aren't perfect, but he is. Followers of Jesus may let you down, but he never will. This man came with a desperate plea, God, if you're able, he said, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Just get your head into the picture of what was going on at this time. This guy was absolutely desperate. He he didn't know which way to turn. He didn't know what to do. This had been their life. Their their son couldn't speak. Their son son appeared to be trying to take his own life. It must have been a desperate, desperate situation. And he says, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus said, if you can, he said, everything is possible to one who believes. And then this guy says, Lord, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. What a wonderful, honest prayer. I have been in those situations, right? Confession time. God, I believe, but I've got these doubts as well. God, can you help me with these doubts and help me to focus and continue to believe? And if there's a Christian in the room that's never been in that situation, I am very surprised. Because God says, God is able to meet that need. And sometimes because things have been as they are for such a long time. We've had this challenge for such a long time. We've had this habit that's caused us problems for such a long time. We've had these circumstances. We've had this problem in a relationship or, or whatever that might look time. And it seems to be though just the way it is. It isn't just the way it is. We need to say to God, I believe God that you can bring change. Please help my unbelief. And what that prayer is all about is God, increase my faith. Help me to see things as you see them. Help me to believe that things can be transformed by your power. God, help me overcome my unbelief. I love this, I love this guy. I absolutely love it. So Jesus said, He spoke, he said, you deaf and mute spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter again. And this boy was left, he looked like the people thought he was dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up. Let me tell you, he was then more alive than he'd ever been. Because he was free to live the life that God had created him to do. And if you're bound this morning, if you're controlled, there's something that you're struggling with and you're battling with, Jesus is here to set you free. Absolutely no question about it. How can we increase our faith? Well, we start by being honest and saying, God, I believe. Help my unbelief. I need more faith, God. I think we need to trust God not our current feelings. Because, you know, like we said this morning, you may have run here with phenomenal enthusiasm to be in God's house with God's people and to worship. And, you know, you can't, you can't have be a half-hearted worshiper, can you? It's, it's a contradiction. It's an oxymoron. It, it doesn't make any sense. If you're going to be a worshiper, it's all or nothing. So when we come, we push past how we feel and we push into the presence of God and we worship him because we have to give credit where it's due. We have to give him the honor and the thanks and the praise that he, he deserves. So even if we feel a bit flat, no, 
I'm carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders and I'm not, I'm not belittling that at all because for many of you might have huge, huge problems. But let me tell you, when you worship and you, and you focus on Jesus, when, you, when, when we lift up his name, he, he becomes bigger in our minds. He becomes much bigger in reality to us. The problem is never bigger than our Savior. The problem is never bigger than the God who can get to you what you need, no matter whatever anyone else. So we we increase our faith step by step. We trust God, not our current current feelings. And we learn how to pray. Prayer is such a, a, a critical part of our walk with God. If you love somebody and you knew somebody loved you, why would you not want to spend time with them? That's what That's what prayer is all about. We may not need reminding to pray when we're facing great need, but I would suggest that how important that relationship is to us is how much time we spend in prayer when we haven't got an immediate need. Because we just want to be in your presence, Lord. We just want to to, to give you the praise. We just want want to receive see from you, God, it's not just about what I can get, but it's that I want to give you pray. We pray in times of need, but there are times when we don't seem to have an immediate need, but we prove our dependency on God, and we prove how much we just want to be in his presence. God's presence, he is with us all the time, the Bible tells us, but when we also take time out, we can have that intimacy with him. Without that, we're never going to grow. Without that, we're never going to get stronger. Without that, we're never going to come to maturity if we do not spend time in God's Word and in His presence. So push through and get there because prayer does change things. And prayer changes things, first of all, in me before it changes things outside of me. So important because as I'm growing, as I become more mature, then God can use me in different ways. How many times have you prayed? I do believe... Help me overcome my unbelief. Yeah, I've prayed those prayers. And that's okay. Because that's an honest to God prayer. That's a prayer that God can work with. He can work with that and say, God, I need your help here. I need more faith. I, I, I need faith. Jesus had created an opportunity as he was up the mountain with Peter, James, and John for the other disciples, in our terms, to do ministry, to pray for people, to heal people, to bless people. He created that opportunity all the time. Opportunities are created for us that we have to step up into and pray and bless people. Just think about it. The disciples let the the man down, the boy down, his family down. They let them down, but Jesus came through. But it was an opportunity. And, you know, we can criticize the disciples because we think, well, you had Jesus with you every day. I mean, he was physically present. And all of our ministry and service and following God, our discipleship, is, is when Jesus is not physically present. But we've got to understand, he's, he's as with us as he ever could be. Because the Bible tells us he lives in this by, by his spirit. He's with us all the time. He never leaves us or forsakes us. So even when we don't feel his presence, feelings have nothing to do with it. Because he's still with us. So we push through in faith and believe that God comes through for us. Reading Mark and meeting Jesus, we meet a God who wants to set us free. We meet a God that will get that blessing to us, whether any, and not let anyone else get in the way 
of that blessing, a God that will break through. I believe this morning, like this boy who'd had his power of speech taken away from him, lost his voice, Jesus wants to give you a voice this morning. He wants you to be able to speak words of life that will be a blessing to other people. He wants you not just to receive enough for yourself so that you are better, but then you can be a blessing to others. Just ask some musicians to, to come and join us and help me here. God wants to give you a voice, and he wants you to be free to live for him and to serve him at the best you possibly can. But you know, to start that, we need to die to ourselves it needs to stop. The Christian walk needs to stop b- being about me and my preferences, about me and my needs, me and my desires, because when we throw all of that on the altar to God and we die to self, it's incredible that God takes what we have got and he creates something more incredible than we can ever imagine. We need to learn to call on God for ourselves. We often, many of us, we rely on other people for encouragement. That's fantastic. I thank God for my Christian friends. I thank God for faithful people in this church community over many, many years. Served God, lived for Jesus, consistently got over the job of being a good example. But you know, I also need to realize, and we all do, that it's me and Jesus. And that relationship that we develop that is personal to us is the, where we, grow, we ultimately grow our strength. Because people will let us down, but Jesus never does. Let's learn to be comfortable being alone with God. It's not like, what do I say? What's going to happen? Let's just, just rest in his presence. Open the word and, and just receive something and, and just contemplate that and just know that the presence of God is with you. Learn to be comfortable alone with God. In, meeting, in reading Mark and meeting Jesus, we discover and meet with a God who meets needs. We meet with a God who will get the answer to us and no one else or no thing will get in the way. Even though Christians may have failed us, Jesus never will. And I love that. I'm inspired and encouraged by Christians. I'm inspired and blessed by people in this church community. But you know, if it was just me and Jesus... That'd be okay. That'd be all right. Because I'm trusting him to come through to me because God has planned us and designed us to be in community, to be in family. So I want to pray for you this morning. And I want to think about what is your greatest need right now. The thought that this man came with his great need for his son. It was desperate. He was at the end of his tether. He didn't know where to go. He was disappointed by what the disciples failed to do. But when he met with Jesus, Jesus met the need. So however long you've been carrying this challenge, this problem, Jesus wants to get through to you this morning. Discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.